Hello, nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds, and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Welcome to the Nerd United Nations podcast, Nerds and Nerdettes. I'm your host from the great white north of Canada, Melissa Nicholson. This episode is a commentary track on Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And this episode will be out on June 25th, which is our two-year anniversary and the day our first episode was, as a podcast, was unleashed to the nerdverse. <laughs> and these, um, these past two years, I've needed a Mr. J. Not that Mr. J. This Mr. J is funny, kind, and the loveliest of humans. Also, the best podcast partner a badass broad like me could ask for. Here's my handsome co-host, Jared Boots. Woo! Who's having a good time? <laughs> Shots in the house. I just scared my cat right off my lap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It was worth it. I couldn't <laughs> resist. Of course. I wouldn't expect anything less from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Two years ago today, we released our first ever episode, and now we're kicking off our third year of talking about nerdy bullshit on the internet. Can you believe it? Some days I can't believe it, but it's pretty cool that we've been doing this for that long so still a lot of fun uh the only time it felt like this long was when it took me about four and a half hours to edit our three hour long joker episode <laughs> back in 2019 <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time i fallen asleep while editing <laughs> yeah i don't blame you that was a long episode but we had lots to say <laughs> <laughs> we sure did and now I'm sure we're going to have lots of say about tonight's episode and it, it's, it's our first commentary track since It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown which I want to say was Halloween of 2019 yeah yeah it was so, I know we got another one coming up here pretty soon hopefully, fingers crossed in the next month or, month or so with uh, American World in London hmm. so uh yeah, this episode actually comes at the request of our friend Philip Barker. And it does. And, uh, I'm very excited to get into this. We also have a special guest with us. Melissa, tell us who we have. Well, a little birdie, a little bird told me, possibly a canary. <laughs> I bet she's, she's got a killer voice. <laughs> told me that we have... The lovely lady who's been on our show before, Victoria Syriac. How are you, Victoria? I'm wonderful. I'm so excited to be back and talking about my favorite DC movie for sure. Mm -hmm. 
I've I've been really looking forward to this a lot. So oh, I yeah. really enjoy this movie. I think I may have even like had a little dream about it last night that I, I don't remember the contents, just woke up super excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm all prepared. I have my Harley Quinn shirt on. And I even have a margarita, but unfortunately it's very, this is so trailer trash, but I have a margarita in a can because I didn't have the time or the energy to whip them up. So margarita in a can it is. <laughs> hey, it's better than no margarita, so. That's true. I wish you were closer. I would have made them for everybody. <laughs> I'm actually having, I have a, drink too and I'm actually drinking a, a Joker Ace Dry Applecraft cider that my friend Kevin got me. It's got Keenan Joker on the on the bottle and I've had it in my fridge for about a little almost a year now. <laughs> Is the label pretty cool? Oh yeah I kept it in the fridge just for that but now I have to clean it out and put it with the rest of my Joker stuff in my hutch there. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm the oddball. Apparently, I don't have any drinks or anything or anything fun. So <laughs> we can hit pause and you can run to the fridge and we'll wait. Well, don't worry. I I got a couple of beers right. By, <laughs> beers sitting right by my. It's Ling Yingling. Trust me, you'll love it. <laughs> I smuggled it here from Indiana. Uh huh. Before we get in, how about we talk about our uh, first experience with Birds of Prey, the first time we saw it. Uh, Victoria, what was the first time you saw about Birds of Prey? Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. I, I can't remember, and this isn't even that old of a movie. I have toddler memory. I can't remember anything. I think for whatever reason, I did not end up catching this in the theater. And I think I watched it shortly after it came to video. But that's so disappointing that I don't even remember that. Jeez, it only came out a year ago. Is that, is it really? Was it during COVID time? Did it go to the theaters or was this one uh, skip in the theaters? Yeah. It was in some theaters. It was uh, February 2020. Can't remember. I would have thought, I mean, I would have thought I went to see this, but I, I don't even remember it. That's just bad. <laughs> shame, shame. Well, you're making up for it now. Oh, yeah. I've watched it a lot since it's come out in a year. I don't even know. I, I would say 10 to 15 times would probably be my estimate. The kid, Gabby, loves this one, so we watch it on repeat. <laughs> well, she's got good taste. It's a good one to watch. She's got Margot Robbie in short shorts. <laughs> oh, her costumes are amazing. I love, like, I have my top favorite three. That's how amazing they are. And I'm <laughs> planning to make one of them for Halloween. I'm going to do it. Nice. But I'll wait till we get there. All right. Uh, Melissa, what about you? When's the first time you saw this film? Uh, I saw it uh, not long after it came out into theater. And 
Um, and then I, yeah, it was a couple, maybe a couple days after I saw it in the theater and, um, it was, it was fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't really go in with any expectations or anything. And, um, I ended up, you know, I, I knew I was going to enjoy it cause it's Harley Quinn and, you know, it'd be fun. And, um, yeah, so yeah, I, I ended up really, really enjoying it. And, um, yeah, and I've seen it quite a few times after that. <laughs> nice. Uh, I did see this in the theater when it came out. I think I saw it opening night. Uh, I want my buddy Mikey to see it in theaters. I want to say it's the second to last film I saw in the theater before COVID. Because I think Impractical Jokers was the last film I saw before COVID shut the theaters down. But I remember seeing it and just enjoying the hell out of it. And my buddy Mikey fell asleep while we were watching it because we had a long day at work that day. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I bust his chops for it, but it was fun. It was a fun time. I really enjoyed this movie. Like I've made people jealous by saying Margot Robbie could star in a movie detailing the my death, and I'd still buy tickets opening night to see it because I love her that much. <laughs> <laughs> And it could, it, the film could be her addressed as Harley sitting there eating the, the canned cheese for an hour and a half. I'd still go by it. Like, this is a masterpiece. Where is this Oscar? <laughs> it seems like, well, everybody except Victoria seems to have a fond history with this movie. Seems like. I just have, I swear it's my memory. I just have a horrible memory. I probably, I would think I saw it in the theater because I was nuts about Suicide Squad. So I, I think I probably saw it in the theater. I see, you know, I, we used to go every week. So I would guess probably, I wish I remembered. My kid could tell you if I went and got her, she would know exactly. That's all good. I hope you got some good content for us then. You got to make up for it now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right, Biggs, before we get started, do you have anything you want to say? When's the first time you watched this? <laughs> um, now you're quiet. <laughs> all right, so if you guys are going to watch along with us, we are all queued up right now at 0000. I will do a countdown, and when you hear the P and play, we'll hit play, and we will get going. And... We do not own the rights to this film, so we will be watching this on mute, of course, because we do not want to get sued by Warner Brothers. You know, <laughs> I highly doubt they—I know—I highly doubt they'd find our little podcast, but you never know. We are—we are huge. According to Podbean, we are huge in Belgium. They have one download in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It goes waffles, Nerd Night Nations podcast, and then I don't know what else. Chocolate. <laughs> Do we beat out chocolate? They got good chocolate too. Yeah, we beat out chocolate. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> All right. So, if everybody's ready, yep. three, two, one, play. And we are off and rolling. I know I still love this intro. 
every time I see it, this animated intro. Hmm. Am I behind? I still see the WB. Well, you're way behind. You gotta <sighs> keep up, girl. Because now yeah, once we start, I can't stop. Are we seeing the little uh, sperm and the egg? Yep. Okay. Well, you just listening in. Victoria has a potty mouth. <laughs> yes, I do. First it was first it was pet and beaver. The last time she was on, now it was little sperm and egg. <laughs> oh, oh no, I love I've been, no, I've been reading Harley for years. I never known for her to grow up in like a orphanage type place to go to a Catholic school though. Hmm. But she got treated so she, for a six pack of beer. <laughs> Especially since she known that uh, she's Jewish, <laughs> so her going to Catholic school is even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this part. <laughs> she only has her eyes for pudding, and you know the saying: behind every successful man, there's a badass broad. She, that, I, that what is her accent? Is it like it's, it's like Staten Island and the yeah, Bronx like, put together? Yeah. Maybe a little Boston? Yeah, it's supposed to be more of like a Bronx, Brooklyn accent. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> I love this. So she gets thrown out. And she's like, Mr. J was super broke up about it. She's like banging on the door and crying her eyes out. <laughs> I just remember laughing my ass off watching this opening segment, especially I think it's the part when she, um, right here when she's tattooing pudding cups on her leg. <laughs> like, it's all, right here when she's cutting her pigtails off. It's when she a starts bawling her eyes off. She chops those ponytails off. Those pigtails she's off. Saying, it's a whole new identity. She cut off three inches. Like she's still the same girl. Mm. This hyena, he's pretty cool, but he's a little bit, I don't know. His CGI is a little bit, I don't know, jumpy. I'd say he looks no worse than the Dalmatians in Cruella. Mm. Yeah. I heard she wanted a real one, and they're like, eh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would probably literally do that. It's <laughs> kind of like, oh, there's a squirty cheese. Has it, I, everyone has done that, right? Squirty cheese straight in the mouth. Or at least whipped cream. I have done that. Roller derby, I have not. I love this. I'm making new friends. And she, like, elbows everyone in the head, sucker punch, hip check, and there's little Cassandra Kane. <laughs> All right, uh, going, going back to Bruce the hyena, are you guys upset that they, they didn't do the two hyenas like they do in the comic books? Blood and Lou? So, because in the comic books, that was her and Joker's thing together, right? So now that yeah, she's on her own and she's branching off, she gets the Bruce after that bat guy, the hunky Wayne guy. Wayne guy. Uh, coming up, I think Melissa and I have voted this is like one of the most squeamish moments in movie oh. history for us. It's oh. hurts to watch. <laughs> Even in the flashback later on in the movie, and they pause on it, like they hold on to the part when she makes the impact. Yeah. <laughs> now, as much as I love Margot Robbie, 
I have to say, you and McGregor is the star of this movie. Absolutely. I still can't believe he's Obi Wan. <laughs> he is. Or he was. I love that she only gets mad because he calls her dumb. Not that he calls her a stupid slut. That's the only part that makes her mad is that he calls her dumb. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she has had a few. <laughs> But, you know, those doctors love to be called doctors, man. If you call them Mr. or Mrs., they get all huffy. <laughs> yep. This this film did bring up a concept I never really thought about after Harley and Joker ever break up in the comics or in the other media is the, what kind of impact it would have on Harley outside of the relationship. So having this immunity that she has being Joker's girl that she can do whatever she wants Mm-hmm. So seeing that there's going to be repercussions to her not being with Joker is actually quite interesting. It's kind of an interesting avenue that they explore here. It really is, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting, like, concept that, you know, because you don't really think about, like, yeah, she's been with, you know, Joker for so long, and now she's, you know, a lot of this film is, you know, sort of figuring out herself, right? Mm-hmm. So... But I love that she was smart enough to pick up on that right away because she kept it under wraps as long as possible because he's like, because you're Paramore joining us. She's like, not tonight, Romy. Because she knew. <laughs> oh, this part makes me sad. Yeah. Well, she's for the margarita wasting. Like, it just, she does the whole tray of them and it breaks my heart. And there were bitches. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> No, this was the first time I noticed that that woman had a tampon in her nose. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to stop a nosebleed. I've seen Beavis and Butthead do it, so if Beavis and Butthead do it, it must be cool and it must be imitated. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this. I have my best ideas when I'm drunk. Well, and the guy's like taking a pee. <laughs> He's taking a pee behind the tank, and he totally misses her taking off with it. She looks so, her face looks so crazy right here. <laughs> well, two years ago, I think Melissa would agree. I have my best ideas, and I'm drunk because then we had a podcast born from that. <laughs> Absolutely. You <laughs> can The only time Fireball hasn't come back and bit me in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> fireball drunk is a whole different level of drunk. Well, if you're going to be part of Tug Club, you're going to have to get used to it. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, I love this. It's so colorful. I love that, like, the Ace Chemical Plant exploding is not, like, just, you know, regular fire there's pink fire there's purple fire there's fireworks it's just like the most sparkly adorable thing and she's walking away with one boot on and one boot off it was ace chemicals uh and bottle rocket factory apparently yeah (laughs) and definitely some more fireworks maybe some roman candles i think there was something about like the name on there was like roman sionis's family's joint so Maybe they like Roman candles for Romy. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Victoria dropping the facts. Ha. 
That's the only one. I have no more. <laughs> That's it. Now, uh, do we want to address the elephant in the room with this film? I think what probably the one thing that gets the most critique for this film. What's that? And that's that all the men in this movie are bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because, uh, well, I'll keep my thoughts on it brief because I know a lot of male, male podcasters have caught in shit for expressing their thoughts on this. And I would say I'm not against all the men being evil in this film or the men being bad. I, I just think it's I think it's handled better in some instances than others yeah like for example yeah. in this scene for example in this scene with uh the guy the cop looking at the detective's partner and like giving him the okay to listen to montoya like that kind of stuff and the cops i don't think it's handled the best that way it seemed almost kind of cartoony over the top that mm-hmm. they're just trying to make oh yeah all the men suck in this town but <laughs> i like how it's handled heck with with how uh how Doc sells Harley out later, or how uh, yeah. the uh, the captain took the credit for the drug. That's the thing that's handled really well. Right? Like all the men sucking in this film. Mm-hmm. I think it's like some stuff like with the cop, like her partner. I think it's I think it could have been handled a little bit better than him being an immature teenager. Yeah. Other than that, that's all the thoughts I have. So please don't send me any hate mail. I am I'm all for like like some. Some, like, I'm all for the the girl gang movie. I just thought that like the if you're gonna do the bad guys part, it, it could have been handled a little bit better in certain parts than it is in others. Yeah, I agree. I wish they wouldn't have had Doc be the sellout because he was such a sweet, lovable guy. They shouldn't have. I don't know. I wish someone else would have been the sellout on that. Well, at least she still has Sal. That's true. And Bruce, she's got Bruce. <laughs> I remember being so intrigued that uh, oh, I can't think of her name right now. Oh, Rosie Perez got cast as Renee Montoya. Yeah. The most random casting ever because I haven't seen I haven't really seen her in anything since White Men Can't Jump. Now it's back in the nineties. Wow. wow. <clears throat> I hadn't seen her in anything until this movie, so. <laughs> well, I think she got her big break in uh, Do the Right Thing, I want to say. Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Okay. Hmm. I don't remember that one. Oh, this part is savage where he's cutting their faces off. Oh. Mm. It's Victor Zaz, man. I, Victor Zaz. I've always, I've always been on the wavelength that the only person more in, more insane than the Joker or as insane than the Joker in the Gotham universe is Victor Zaz. Zaz is certifiably insane. Like in the comics, Zaz is certifiably insane. Like he, I read something about he he gives himself a scar for everyone he kills. Yes, you, yeah. you kind of see some of the scars on your eyes. They do see it towards the end of the film that he does. They do, they do, they do hint at it, but I wish it would have like teased a little more. I wish it would have shown him like putting like three scars on his arm or something like that for these three. Uh, yeah. Ugh. He's a, he's a different level of insane in this film, but I still enjoy it. Mhm. 
he's got a weird relationship with Roman Sionis. Like there's many points where I've heard some people wonder if they have something going on, but they just have a weird like power and I don't know what it is. I've heard people hint at that, that too, but I'd have no problem with it either way, but I would have liked to have seen like a little more like off the wall Vickers ass, but I, I enjoy this different kind of weird ass that they gave us. Can we draw attention to it is breakfast sandwich time right now? <laughs> so, I love this. It's like this is her highest high and her lowest low all around this damn sandwich and the way that she like <laughs> she looks like she's having an orgasm watching this thing be made. It's shot like Bo Dare coming out of the water in beaches, or in or in, or in ten in ten. <laughs> and this I is the number it. one best costume she wears: the caution tape sleeves. Oh my god, it's just it's gorgeous. I'm gonna make one, and it's gonna be amazing. Oh, it's so cool. I remember seeing the like a teaser photo of that before the film came out. I'm like, huh. Mm-hmm. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's so Harley. It just fits her character so well. It's like a little dirty, a little gaudy, and a lot of sparkle. <laughs> and I do wish somebody would look at me the way she looks at Sal making that sandwich. Oh, God, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> My cat when I feed him, but that is it. That is the only time I've seen that look. Oh, I love this part. So she's running with the sandwich. Do you see she slowly folds it up and puts it right in her bra? Like, it's all about the sandwich. There it goes, right in the bra. <laughs> that would be such a greasy mess. But That would be. <laughs> I see the importance behind it, but I can't even imagine what that would do. Uh, that's what I, I was, when I was doing a rewatch last night, I had the exact same thought. Like, wouldn't it be, like, warm or really greasy or something like that right there where she put it in her shirt? Yeah. Probably like drip over oh, then the, the rainbow fanny pack. Oh, something shiny. <laughs> that is me every day. Well, matches her socks. Yeah. Her socks and her, it, it just matches everything. It was worth stopping for. <laughs> and here's where it comes out with the grievances. Roller dummy broke her nose. I love those. <laughs> Oops. Fed his brother to a hyena. Whoops. <laughs> well, that guy kind of deserved it. Yeah, he did. He was a jerk. And there the sandwich comes out of the bra and she's skipping again because she's so happy to eat her sandwich. <laughs> but now Apparently it's the driver. Apparently it didn't hurt at all for her to trip over that air conditioner. <laughs> a minor injury to his lower limbs. Just minor. <laughs> the tragedy of the sandwich. She's like crying the only time she sheds a tear the whole movie. Oh. Everything, everything shot around the sandwich is shot so dramatically and I love it. Yeah. But they were so careful that you only see the orange wrapper because there was the inside white wrapper and that becomes important in a little bit that they kept that in line. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that give us 
Harley did have a background in gymnastics too, so other than when we first meet her in Suicide Squad when she's up in the rafters in her cell when you first meet her. Mm-hmm. Look at my face. What did I do to you? <laughs> so I have this this newest Harley Quinn comic book line that I started with. And there is um one of the guys ends up becoming her friend, but he's got the Joker tattooed face that she also had done to him with Joker back in the day. <laughs> I really wish we would have gotten Jared Leto in this film. It was a quick scene. So I saw a little behind the scenes thing. So in the very beginning, there was supposed to be a super short clip when he's kicking her out of the house, but it got cut. But I guess it was in one of the photos that got released before the movie came out. But it just shows him like in an upstairs window throwing like some clothes out the window. But that was it. Yeah, I've seen that too. And we meet Huntress, which I think has to be probably the most underserved character in the whole film. Mm-hmm. There's the white wrapper. It's her white flag from her sandwich. <laughs> Parlay. Have you read any comics with Huntress in it? Uh, I think she makes an appearance in Batman Hush. That I know for a fact. I think she's appeared in, but I don't think I've anything I've ever sought anything personally that has her in it. But I'm almost certain that she has an appearance in Hush. It's either Hush or All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Did they do a Birds of Prey comic book series? I know there was like a TV series, right? But was I wonder if there were comics? <laughs> Yeah, they had a show back in the early 2000s, late 90s, and it had Mark Hamill doing the voice of the Joker in the first episode of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know they did comics uh, right when this film came out, but I think there might have been, there's probably been a Birds of Prey comic at one point, because I think everybody had uh, Barbara Gordon involved with it and everything. And <gasps> Jared, we need to call attention to your T-shirt just made its appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I should wear that to talk to <laughs> So is is this officer is that the same guy who was in the original Ghostbusters? Is that the same actor? I meant to look that up and I never did. Doesn't he look like him or is that just me? Ernie Hudson? That could be. No, you're just no, you're just no, you're just racist. No, he looks a lot like. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's the same guy? No. Oh, no. no. Different. no. Oh, okay. Because yeah, Power of memory. Ernie Hudson was Wince, and then you had then you had Carl Winslow from Family Matters was the cop that talks to them while they're in the cell, which means that Ghostbusters. T- mm. Or Family Matters. Could take place in both. I remember Carl Winslow. 
Once the once the giant marshmallow man struck uh, New York City, Wenzel said, "Fuck this! I'm moving to Chicago." <laughs> Not any better there. <laughs> well, the worst he had to deal with there was Urkel, or the daughter that went up upstairs one season and never came back downstairs. <laughs> I think that was Family Matters that did that. They wrote a character off. A character went upstairs one episode and never came back down and never saw it again. <laughs> What's your guys' opinion on how they do the frequent jumping back and forth in time? I love it. I'll let, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. It's just so scatterbrained, just like she is. It's just all over the place. I I love it. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I like it too. Like I, I, I like that it's it's very, you know, how Harley would probably tell a story. You know, it would it would go, you know, start off really well and then it would just go off and then come back and you know, I I really like it. Most of my stories tend to go in that same format. So I just love that someone else's brain is just as disorganized as mine. <laughs> The best part, walking into the police station. Mm. I, this is probably one of my favorite scenes. Officer, I'm wearing glasses only for this specific purpose to get shot in the face. With a beam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard that, my friend. <laughs> only wore glasses for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get busted in half. This so, uh, oh, I love this. I heard, it's, it's so pretty. I heard, I heard on my, my friend Andy's show, Holy Backcast, that uh, somebody had a theory about this scene. Uh-huh. The reason why she's shooting the cops with the, the beat bags and the glitter bombs <laughs> and everything is because it's her telling the story. So did she kill actually kill these cops? And this is how she's this is how she's translating the story, how it happened. I did kind of like that. So it's hardly a narrow, uh, uh, reliable narrator in this segment. But I don't I'm think either way. Guys, the worst they get is a beanbag. There's nothing smoke bombs, glitter bombs, and beanbags. She doesn't actually hurt anybody. Just well, hurts them, but no, doesn't kill them. No. Well, no, she's not killing them with these bullets per se, but she's actually using an actual gun and killing cops. Uh, she's just using this. She's just using this gun for how she's narrating the film. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. She's trying to be a new Harley and turn over a new leaf. The Harley goes both ways, and I mean that in more way than one. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, are we going to have Poison Ivy fan casting off? Philip's not here, so it wouldn't be fair to do it without him, huh? <laughs> I have no idea, but um, <laughs> but I do like the theory that maybe she did kill these cops, and she's just using the glitter bombs. Like that's how she's telling the story. Yeah, it's um, interesting. I could see that because it's kind of her way of making like making it light, 
you know? Because I feel like that that's real. Like, she wouldn't say, like, oh, I blasted some guy's face off, you know? But I think that, that here she'd make fun and light because that's kind of she saw it. I can see that. Journey Smollett Bell is Black Canary. She is so gorgeous. No, uh, yeah. so gorgeous. I, I remember me. Do you remember me talking back in when we had you on Victoria when we were doing our Justice League episode? How one of the things that helps me fight the thinker is staying young at heart, and knowing those kind of random things. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, it was actually Journey Smollett Bell was a random fact. Because I found out from our friend Lisa's podcast that Journey Smollett Bell was Michelle's friend on Full House, little girl on Full House. That is crazy. I would have not put two and two together, but I think that is so fascinating. So I think the last time I saw her was probably in Jack when she was a uh, when she was a little girl in the movie, the Robin Williams film Jack. Oh. Yeah, I didn't remember that one. She would have been pretty young then? Uh, at least 10. Nice. Younger. Nice. <laughs> so now we're back in time talking to Mr. Peely Face before he became Mr. Peely Face. Oh, and she draws a circle and X's the eyes. I love it. I love the Harley animation. <laughs> Oh hi! I heard her name. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Hello! Hello! What's up, everybody? <laughs> We're just talking about you. What a surprise! <laughs> just kind of barged in here like it was nothing. <laughs> like you magically appeared. Yeah. Just missed the glitter scene with the glitter gun. I know you love that part. Oh, that's my favorite <laughs> part of the movie. <laughs> it, it's amazing. Let me ask, is Mr. Keo getting his face cut off right about now? <sighs> no, because we did the, she did the rewind where she did that in the beginning, but then she just showed, remember, and she just draws a picture and X's out his eyes. So now Black Canary's singing, and it was the first time that you see just the martini glass break. Yeah, I know, because I'm watching along. Oh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the timing. Well, oh. so, so I guess I should pull back the curtain a little bit. Me and Philip have been talking for like two days about Philip thrashing. Hi, everybody. Because I thought it would be funny if like Philip just like jumped in and did like a... <laughs> And he trolled me about Jessica Chastain. <laughs> She's obviously going to be fucking Poison Ivy. And not <laughs> I believe she's going to be, I believe she's going to be in a Poison Ivy in a film called In Your Dreams, my friend. <laughs> in your dreams, I eat mine. <laughs> 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 no, and starting my third year, I've learned how to really get really good at surprising Melissa with stuff while we record. <laughs> yes, <laughs> always nice to you. 
It's going to keep you on your toes. <laughs> but I'm in a chair. How can I be on my toes? <laughs> I supposed to do a decent impression of Fred Funstone bowling if you're not on your toes. I mean, you can go ahead and try it in per like an impersonation of like Harley Quinn, Black Canary, or you know, Black Mask. <laughs> I already tried that at the opening with my Black Mask impression. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to wait till the episode actually comes out to hear that part. So. <laughs> Scared a cat half a compressor I'm doing it. Ew, is that a stop bubble? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I love about uh Ewan McGregor in this film is how he I think he really latched on to the bi how bipolar Black Mask is, Roman Sionis is. Mm-hmm. How he just mm-hmm. changed the drop of a hat. Like, well, look at that scene. He uh, gets Eric on one of my favorite scenes because it's, it's just like his like, perfect black mask right there. But uh, I love how he's able to latch onto that, how bipolar Roman Sionis was in the comics. He's, it, it's so fascinating to watch him because it's like, it's such a, He's such a chameleon. Like, he's just constantly changing and so fluidly, too. Like, he can just be, you know, Mr. Charm with his smile and everything. And then the other, he's, like, serious and about ready to murder somebody. Like, it's, just, <laughs> oh. it's like that entire entitled, angry little rich boy who's not getting his way. Yeah. Me mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the rich part. But yeah, I, I mean, you're not wrong. Ewan McGregor, this this role, you know, the Roman Sionis in this movie is a very opposite direction of what I've seen him do. You know, he's obviously Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's also uh, I, I forget the character's name in, in train spotting, but he's he's also the main character. One of the main characters of train spotting. I mean, Ewan McGregor is definitely a person of a lot of range. And I'm glad he or took his character of Big Fish. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm. Moulin Rouge too, but I don't remember that one at all. He's also Christopher Robin. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Live action movie. Yep. That too. Oh, I love watching Black Canary kick some ass. She looks so good in these golden pants, but she's just amazing in this. Mm -hmm. Oh. And Harley's just down there like dancing. Oh, Huntress does love how uh, Black Canary can kick really high in tight pants. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually really like the relationship between Roman and Zaz here, and I know that's a, kind of a point of contention, but when you've yeah. got two lesser-known Batman villains and they're being portrayed by really great actors with clearly awesome chemistry... It, it's it, it's almost unfortunate what happens to them at the end because you're like, oh, damn, they were actually really, really solid in the material mm-hmm. they were handed. Uh, uh, Philip, what's your uh, what's your take on uh, how uh, Zaz is portrayed here? Because I know usually Zaz is portrayed as more insane, but how do you think he's portrayed here? So I think when it comes to doing adaptions, a lot of people tend to forget that there's nine times out of ten when you read a comic book, or 
watch an animated version of something more often not more referencing a comic book specifically in the case of like victor zazz when you see when i read him in a comic you know there really isn't much to him because more often than not he's usually seen you know cutting people up or holding people hostage or inside arkham being just you know looney toony and a lot of people tend to forget that when it comes to adapting these versions of these characters is there has to be some kind of personality and there has to be some kind of through line that goes through you know a, a you know for argument's sake here a two-hour runtime film and especially with you know superhero films a lot of the time with villains specifically it really is kind of a crack to you know really flesh certain characters out in certain ways especially ones that hadn't been done in live action more so with victor zaz here i like what they did with him because it's just it's more that it adds a level of that you know that psychotic crazy killer you get in the comics but it, it comes from a place of like natural sociopathic tendencies because he's hanging out with someone like roman sionis who clearly has no control over his bipolar tendencies but he's got all the money and the power to do whatever whatever he wants whatever he wants so when you have someone like victor zaz who's so just in tune with one thing and just is so addicted to one thing and can get away with it willy-nilly because he's in this person's back pocket it really does kind of la add a bit of a layer of um complexity there that you wouldn't normally get in the comic because nine times out of ten jared you'd probably know this better you know you you you'd get it pretty familiar i'm not denying melissa or victoria you guys probably read batman comics i'm sure but like you know you read a batman comic victor zaz nine times out of ten you see zaz doing it batman does it it's there end of end of story here you actually get a whole personality a whole time to spend with a scumbag of a character in the form of christmas Enya. i like that Mm-hmm. And I, I was I was saying when we when he first got introduced in this film, I put him up there with the Joker in the, in the Gotham verse as being like bat shit insane. But I do like this different form of crazy that he is in this film. It's a different form of crazy, but I I still enjoy how he's portrayed. I think it's faithful in the sense that he's still kind of stalking one per- – he goes from person to person, essentially, and he makes it his mission to either cut them up and add more to himself like he does in the comics, which is a thing. But then it, it also, like, it instills this really ethereal idea that someone could do that. Real- I mean, there are there are a lot of people in the real world that you can correlate to Victor's ass. It's true. Let me ask you guys something. How do you guys feel about Most Rosie? Most of you getting caught up in the movie. I was just saying, I was actually intrigued when I heard she was announced. I haven't really seen her or anything since uh, White Men Can't Jump, actually. But I, I think she does a great job in this film, actually. Yeah, this is my first time seeing Rosie Perez in anything. I have known of her for a really long time, but hadn't seen her in anything until now. And I, I really enjoy her in this film. I think she's good. What about you, Victoria? How do you feel about Rosie Perez? I like her. I love how she does the, I love her little accent, and I love how she does the, like, the good, tough cop. (laughs) And she has the cutest little dimples. (laughs) She does. Oh, my gosh. And Jared, you said you were surprised at her casting. I was kind of surprised by her casting too. 
Something I wasn't expecting at all, but I, I, I really dig her in this role. She was honestly like the last actress I expected to be in the role of uh, Renee Montoya, to be totally honest. I mean, I, I, I understand the direction. Um, I think she does a pretty fine job here, but it's not it's it's not my favorite. It's not my preferred version of the character, I, I guess, to be, you know, kind of a gatekeeper about it, but not really because, you know, not mad about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think she does do that weathered seasoned cop well. I, I, I personally just think that maybe, you know, I, I maybe would have liked to see someone else maybe do the role. But, you know, she does a great job. Yeah, she did good for what she was hired for, and she was hired to play a woman that was raising 80s cop shows, and right. she knocked out of the park. Not Why don't me, I own the crossbow guy? I like crossbows. <laughs> <laughs> I like that she's, like, small in stature, and she's a little bit older, you know, so she just... She kind of fits the role that she's just this big, strong female cop personality, but she's like this tiny little woman. That's true, too. I didn't take that into consideration. I love how people automatically assume this is kind of a Harley Quinn movie, but it's it's really not. It's not. You know? Because, I mean, you, you get so much development here between, with Black Canary, you know, played by Journey Small Bell, because she's obviously starting to learn now that Roman Sionis is just not, she probably shouldn't be business with him, obviously. I mean, Gotham City is not exactly the most spontaneous place to live. You get my drift. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a little Cassandra Kane, which was <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That so many people are, that's not Mikey Sandra Cade. It's not Batgirl. And it's like, it's never oh. meant to be Batgirl. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know enough about the Sandra Cade even to have an opinion on it to begin with. Only the fact that I know Cassandra Cade in name alone is Batwoman. But other than that, I really had no opinion on how Cassandra Cade is portrayed in this film. I think it's definitely a name. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the character because I've read a couple books with the character present uh, in, in the form of, like, Batgirl and, and whatever. She was also, the in the comic, she was, like, the, the leader of the League of Assassins for a little while, or a portion of them. But, um, you know, here, she's a complete, it's a completely different character, not Bat-affiliated. She's a pickpocket. She's a foster student, or foster kid, so, you know, I think taking, taking a name, you know, it's not, it's harmless at best. Mm-hmm. And looking up to Harley Quinn as a uh, role model, there's that's something. <laughs> I I don't I think Harley Quinn and you know Dinah, they're not exactly perfect people either one of them. No. Mm. Especially Harley Quinn, but you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. Coming up, the the grocery store scene, that's just a wonderful role modeling. <laughs> so that sequence is like every kid's fantasy of what they want to do when they run through a grocery store. It's just pack it full of groceries and just absolutely run through it. Really <laughs> oh, At least nice. that, that, was, that was my dream. 
I was so there was one time when like, I was walking and I walked out of a store and I put like a scrunchie on my wrist and I ran back in screaming and crying like I'm so sorry I didn't mean to steal because I was that kid. <laughs> huh. It's almost like a flashback for those of us that grow up watching a supermarket sweep. Oh my God, you're yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> Now we got another. I think we got. There's another good portrayal of uh, Roman being bipolar. Oh, oh, the, these are my, these are my things. These are my things. <laughs> and he starts abusing the guy, giving him his photo. Oh God, this is perfect. I, I mean that in, in the most you know performative way, because obviously mm-hmm. everyone's just losing his shit right here, and he's just. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Zaz calms him down. That's just, that's such an odd relationship. I'm going to get your diamond back. Why don't we go downstairs and kill that Holly bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and Dinah, you can just see her like side eye, like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> She's like, why the fuck am I here now? Yeah. Now she's looking at this motherfucker. Oh, and he just goes her a kiss. Yeah, that's... Oh. Man. <laughs> but now I'm just thinking, like, like, you have a sonic scream. Just make his ears bleed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this might get off on it, though, I think. Probably. Yeah, that's true. He's a sadist. Totally. So that outfit that he's wearing is actually pretty clear. If he was wearing his black mask, that would be nothing short of a comic accurate. Yeah, pretty damn close. Oh, the list of grievances. This is <laughs> have a vagina. <laughs> Pete and his Bernie, 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 Pete and his Bernie called him Romy. <laughs> I would love to go back and slow that down and read every one of those because they're oh amazing. <laughs> Which is funny because I, I thought like, Harley voted for Bernie and she was convicted for uh, being connected to the death of uh, Dick Grayson's Robin in this universe. So apparently in Gotham City, uh, convicted felons can vote. <laughs> I love where she's shrink wrapping him while she's handcuffed and she's running her mouth talking about all the things that's wrong with him. <laughs> It's a good callback to the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I love him eating popcorn while he's going to watch her face get peeled off, too. Huh, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great show. But he's wearing a glove to eat his popcorn. Well, he can't get his hands dirty. Oh, my no God. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what. Wow. I've just... I love the way he just bosses people around. It's so funny. Just you. Go. Now. You. Here. Just so perfect. 
Oh, and her card, I love this card. So every time you see it, it's she's added more glitter and more taglines. It's fantastic. It was originally like some law firm or something. She just crossed it out, wrote whatever the hell she wanted. Look, I got a card and it's glittery. I, I spell mercenary. <laughs> How do you spell mercenary? <laughs> See, I love how it's her scribble is like crossed out and it's spelled directly underneath that. <laughs> oh, kind of surprised Tweety Birds didn't start. You're so tiresome. It would be fitting. Uh, do we get, uh, based on this scene alone, do we get like a Madonna biopic starring Margot Robbie at any point? Apparently, oh, yeah. this scene's longer. <laughs> There's a longer cut of this scene, from what I understand, I think. I don't, I don't really remember the full details behind it. Yeah. It is kind of a, a fun thing, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, there's a mask. It was the squad or somewhere else. It would have been odd. It would have been completely out of context, I think. Going back a few minutes, anybody want to wonder, everyone wonder why the Joker had a naked picture of Eleanor Roosevelt that Harley had to find on a bird's nest cross town. Couldn't tell you. Because <laughs> no. it's the Joker. <laughs> hey, you're the singer no one listens to. You got an asshole no one likes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's the shirt again. <laughs> Jared's t-shirt. <laughs> I really want. I shirt. swear I've seen this. I've seen that shirt in another movie before, but I can't quite put my finger on it. I think they sell it at Hot Topic too. I've seen it there. I think they sell the Harley and Quinn shirt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fun gun. I love this. It's fun gun. Yeah, this is inarguably the the best. Like when she takes out the, yeah. She goes in the precinct, takes everyone out. It's just absolute the shit. Yeah. I brought it up before you jumped on, Phil. I brought it up before you jumped on. Did you listen to Andy's show? I think somebody wrote it. There's a theory that Harley actually killed those cops, so she's only just using this gun. So in her mind, she used this gun, but in reality, she actually killed all those cops with an actual gun. Um, I think I so. I say Andy covered it about maybe a month or two ago, I think on the, on the Wayne Manor mailbox. Uh, to be totally honest with you, man, I... Um, I don't try and put too much stock 
into stuff like that, I just kind of take it as it is. I mean, it's a fun That's theory. An interesting theory, at least. But um, I, I don't know. I I really just kind of took it as, you know, I'm I'm taking the movie as it is. It, it, it could be the case, maybe, but it, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I'm I'm good either way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's theory, at least worth some worth some worth pointing out. I'm sorry, Victor, I cut you off. What were you about to say? I think I was giggling along, so I I agree. I think it's kind of an interesting theory, but I think more in the line of like Harley's arc that she's trying to like be a little better than she used to be. I don't know. She could easily tell the story that way, but I think she's trying to like do better because really all she wanted to do was break Cassandra out of there, and she's got some moves to kick some ass on her own because she's just starting to like believe in herself before she thought she really needed the Joker to back her up on everything. And here she's walking in in this like water fight, but even with her gun and she kicks everyone's ass all on her own. So I think she's kind of like, just, I don't know, realizing she can do it on her own. And there's precedence for that because she's not, you know, the psychotic clown killing sidekick that she is in a lot of other, you know, this is, this is Harley Quinn separated from the Joker She's mm-hmm. obviously post that relationship and obviously wants to change. She's been on the Suicide Squad and she's going back to the Suicide Squad after this movie. That much is evidently Woo-hoo! clear. So yeah. you, I think there's precedence for her wanting to change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think that that's like that's that's a fun theory. But I think if she really yeah. did kill those kill those people, she would have used mm-hmm. an actual gun to do so. So I have to call attention to this part. So in the other room, she's soaking wet. And by the time she shows up in here, she hits a blow dry miraculously and she's all dry. <laughs> when she yeah, gets into this it, like, man. FBI room. No, wait, she's still wet. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, she's a still little bit. Phillips part's coming up. <laughs> Hiding behind that big stack. <laughs> Oh, ow. I love her face. She finds this pile of weapons and the baseball bats, like, going home. <laughs> I can almost hear Black Betty getting ready to sign. I think, is this where Black Betty comes in, or is that afterwards? Hmm. No, that's afterwards. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right, right, right the cocaine. <laughs> Some of my favorite shots of the bouncing bat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Yeah, because it just said... Yep, Black Betty. There we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, between, between, yeah th- this and... I was, this reading, like, I was reading the list. I, I was just going to say that like the whole lead-up to this from the point she enters the precinct all the way up until this is like the, it's probably the best part of the whole movie, I'm being totally honest. That cocaine really dried her out. Now she's dry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she really loves breaking knees. 
Well, she did play Tanya Harding in the movie. She did? Are you serious? Yeah, Margaret Robbie's in uh, I, uh, I, Tanya, which is a really, really great film. <laughs> uh, the guy that plays, this hurts me more than the bowling ball to the balls. Oh, why? Because he gets his beard, like, you know, singed off? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pour one out for this guy's beard. <laughs> I I think it's nothing short of genius, to be honest with you. It is genius, but it made me a little really? sad. Oh. <laughs> Why? Oh, right. I hate have a beard. Bearded man problem. I hate to see a good beard go to waste. <laughs> God, the smell. That would have been horrible. I bet it would go up that fast, though. Oh. Shot him right in the head. <laughs> Trust the fairy and fuck. <laughs> Trust the fairy and fuck. <laughs> I'm not the only one that read that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't know how heavy this phone was to knock out Montoya. I cannot believe she did that. I still find that incredible. <laughs> well, there were multiple vehicles there, but she picks, picks the, the minivan with the mattresses on top. It's less conspicuous. <laughs> Nothing more bad than a minivan. <laughs> then there's the angry bitch behind her. Frida Kayla looking bitch. It for me, will you? So free to cut him all up in asshole. Hates me, bounty. There's the dynamite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the body fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess it's more of a fake body because you know, film, but whatever. <laughs> I love the kid playing dumb. What diamond? He <laughs> pulls over and is just like, don't you dare fucking lie to me. Uh-huh. Look at me. <laughs> oh, gosh. I just realized in the background it says anus again after uh, Black Canary's apartment complex. I saw it says that at her actual building. It says... Janice, it's the J is covered up, but now I just saw it in the background here for the first time. Or the J is covered up again. <laughs> it says anus again in the background. <laughs> but I thought I saw something about the Janice is something to do with um, Roman Sionis's family business. Janice Cosmetics, that's the Sionis room family yes. business. Okay. There are two ways that that diamond's coming out of you, this way or that way. (laughs) 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 Oh, she's got the glitter card. (laughs) 
Hi, Melissa. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I was caught up in their conversation. Me too. Yeah. She's talking about cutting her open or not, but then it's like, we need marshmallow cream. Because in the middle of these important conversations, we need marshmallow cream. <laughs> I think it's better handled when she talks about how it's crazy that there's a six bucks for a bottle of tap water with a cucumber yes oh, that's crazy yeah. <laughs> i just now noticed her whole necklace is comprised of dog tags and a bunch of other shit yeah wow <laughs> she said Batman. She said Batman. She said <laughs> Batman. Six bucks for tap water with the fucking cucumber stick? That's crazy. <laughs> I love this. I love casting. This is the fancy store, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is great use of GoPro camera here. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. See why 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 is this not celebrated more often? A, a shot of Harley Quinn holding a cart full of shit with a giant smile on her face and she runs out of the store with it. Why is that shot not celebrated more? That is the most Harley Quinn thing in a movie I've ever seen. And I've seen Suicide Squad. All right. <laughs> I'd have to agree. Oh, I, think they showed that, I think they showed it a lot, too, in the trailers, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Number 32 oh, with the extra chili. Oh. I love that he calls her lotus flower. So apparently hyenas eat dog kibble because she ran out of man parts from uh, <laughs> the guy that she uh, yeah. fed him. Apparently the beaver thing's a thing from the comic. Yes. Yeah, I remember, I, uh, I think I, they I showed in the New 52, I think. Yeah, I think so. From an ex-boyfriend, I think. Yes, I I learned about that. It was so an, her first boyfriend killed someone for her and then went to juvie and died in juvie. So his parents right. were taxidermy people. So she breaks into their house and steals this stuffed beaver. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and look, at, it's wearing a tutu and a candy necklace. Oh, my God. That is so nuts. The candy necklace is amazing. Is that a kid? Do you have those in Canada? Like I was obsessed with those as a kid, and I swear my neck was always stained from the freaking candy necklace. Oh yeah, we we had those and we had the bracelets too. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and they'll break a tooth, but it's worth it. If, oh, absolutely. It's worth it. <laughs> I would I would wear that thing for like 
two seconds because then I'd eat the damn. I'd be like holding it up yep. and like I'll move. <laughs> they never lasted long. No. Who is that? The intent of like wearing it? Like, look, I got candy. That nope. Nope, it doesn't last long. If I ever got one, like at Halloween, if we would go to a house and they'd give one out, I would hit that house twice every time because that was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, they got the good stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that and the full size candy bars, but no one does that anymore. They all learned. <laughs> well, I think you're down here. They do full candy bars more often because not many kids go trick or treating anymore. Yeah. Not in my neighborhood, man. We go through tons of candy. While I lived in Des Moines, we're taking my ex's daughter's trick-or-treating in a small town. They had a house handing out booze to adults. I'm like, fuck yeah, uh -huh. I love this house. <laughs> yep, we always so, have a few of those, and we, we definitely hit those. The Looney Tune watching Looney Tunes. Fourth wall breaking. <laughs> Uh, number 32, mild. That means she's going to taste Doc's awful cooking. But she went mild, not the extra chili. So. She also happens to know Mandarin. <laughs> At least I think well, you have to, I don't know. Well, you have to get it extra spicy so you can't taste his cooking. So now she is going to taste it because she got it mild. That's <laughs> <laughs> Like I said before, earlier in the earlier in the episode, she's probably the most under Hunter's is probably the most underserved character in the whole film. Like we really needed more with her. Mm -hmm. I do love how she's portrayed as like socially awkward throughout most of the film. Well, because she she's grew up with these funny. assassins. Yeah, but this part is absolutely heartbreaking. The fact that she literally watched her whole family be annihilated and she hid under their dead bodies. How could she not have major mental problems after all that? Mm. Nuts. Without the sound, this is way more traumatic. I think there's like a funny song that goes with it. I don't remember what the song was, but without the song, the song, it's so much worse. Ugh. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. It is. That's so nuts. Look another good guy in this film. She kept him alive and took care of her. And his brother. Yep. So not all the guys in this film are bad outside of Sal. See, Bruce Wayne was right. Men are still good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, if only she had this kind of training when she was down in Outpost 31 down in Antarctica. Is that 10 Cloverfield Lane? Is that what you're referring to? Uh, no, the remake slash prequel to the thing where it takes oh, place at the North yeah, region. Right. How, did I, how did I mix that up?
I love when she's talking to herself in the mirror. They call me. And then they keep saying the crossbow killer, the crossbow killer. Hundreds. (laughs) 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 Fucking fabulous. It's probably one of my one of my other favorite scenes right now is when he gets Erica up on the table. Just how <sighs> fucking bipolar he is. Fuck. Mm. Yeah, and he's so just aggravated at the fact this bitch is laughing louder than how angry he is, and he's so mad at it. He's gonna make her fucking just. Mm. This sequence. Bad, it on the whole time. It's it's just like this sequence is supposed to terrify you, and it should. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable, but yeah. it works. Yeah. Same time. Well, in her reaction, she she does pretty well with how she reacts to it, and I love watching Black Canary like just turn away and the the tears slide down her cheek because she's just so horrified and she wants to do something, but she just feels like she's stuck that she can't play her cards and play her hand to really do something, but it eats her up. Dance, Erica. The dress is hideous. I do agree. That is, what the hell is she wearing? It's like crepe paper. Yeah. I was going to say, like, either crepe paper or aluminum foil or something. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Creepy paper. Creepy paper. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're, I just, if you're, I, if you're, I, I, if I just you're, might be what we do in the shadows when you get that joke. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> just don't enter that in your pocket. Oh, I just dance like that all fucking night. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this really part here so. is fucking chilling. This right here, where he grabs her and he's like, would you be, you wouldn't betray me, would you? I love it. It's, uh, it. It's showing how he can swing to the other extreme again. He just went from being so pissed off to just being like, you wouldn't betray me, would you? Like, he he's is. Little bird. It's like, oh, my God. He wants people to like him. Like, he's so insecure in that way, too, like, to try to. Not have everyone hate him yet. He's. I mean, he's the most insecure mob boss in Gotham City. That's why he tries so hard to be the best. I love Ali Wong. I love her specials on Netflix when she's pregnant. She's hilarious. (laughs) I haven't seen her much, but is it implied that her. Uh, she's since she's the assistant DA. Is it implied that Harvey Dent is the DA in this universe? No, because Affleck is 20 years old and makes the reference of, you know, how many good people left, how many stayed that way. So no, I I don't think Harvey Dent is the DA, especially with Batman being 20 years old. Hmm. Or 20, you know, he's been active for 20 years. I, I think. Yeah. Good. Good thought.
Good pull, sir. Good pull. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> A lot of people theorized before it was revealed in the movie that Ali Wong was actually Cassandra Kane's mom or Lady Shiva or something like that. And it's like, man, you guys just love running wild with some really weird shit. They, didn't they have a relationship, didn't they say? I thought they, they said they had a relationship, like they were dating. No, 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 no. Between Cassandra Kane and Ali Wong. Oh, never mind. Ali Wong was rumored to be a completely different character before who she was actually revealed to be in the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean similar to how Jenna Malone was supposed to be uh, Carrie Kelly or Barbara? It, okay, so that story was, oh, I have a good authority. It's Barbara Gordon. And then it wasn't Barbara Gordon. Yeah, that's how that story went. Wasn't, wasn't, Carrie, wasn't Carrie Kelly a uh, rumor, too? No. Someone, I won't say who, because I'm just not one to point fingers and start shit. But someone... <laughs> Someone with, you know, credibility was like, oh, I have a god, good authority. It's it's Barbara Gordon. And then it wound up not being Barbara Gordon. So. <laughs> Everybody's favorite comic book character, random star labs lady. Ever since then, I've learned to never assume anything with any casting. I've remained surprised about a lot of things. So even going into this movie, I was like, I don't buy that. <laughs> And poor, poor Harley, just getting absolutely just devastated by one man after the next throughout this movie. Oh, men are terrible. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we were we already touched on it briefly. It is episode. bad. I get that elephant out of the room. I wish they hadn't done this. Doc was so likable. I wish, I wish she got sold out another way. I mean, to be fair though, Huntress calls him on his bluff and it's just like yeah you know you own a nice little restaurant and shit but you own every, you know every scumbag in gotham city so obviously there's some kind of like dark edge to doc to some extent that we're just not informed of but you're you're right i i, I see the point like he him and sal and a couple other people you know the only truly good men in this movie but i think that's kind of the point like you know this is supposed to show you know the duality of of men and women at their highest and their worst hmm. to some extent yeah they just didn't have to go so extreme. I think could have left a couple. This is the little hard scene to watch when she's going to make the deal with Silent. Mm-hmm. Right? She's going to betray Cassie. That amusement mile, nonetheless. Amusement mile is a pretty prominent point from a lot of Batman mythology. Yeah. It's so painful, but I think it's it's part of because she's just feeling defeated. Like she thought Doc was like the one person because right now she doesn't have a girl squad yet. So right now she thought just Doc was the one person that was there for her and he just turned his back on her. So not even just men in general, but she, right now she feels like everyone has literally turned their back on her. She had nowhere else to go, so she felt like she didn't want to turn the kid in, but she didn't know what else she could have done. 
Say, I love, I love that ran. I love that random noise that jazz makes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, pour one out. There you go. Come on, <laughs> in the background. Did you know what? Uh, did, did you know what Montoya has? Do you know those guys know what Montoya has in the TV in the background? It's. I don't remember the name of it, but it's uh, a feature featuring Arlene Sorkin. Yeah, it's uh, Days of Our Lives, I want to say. Um, Arlene Sorkin, who was the voice of Harley Quinn in the Batman Animated Series. Uh, That was a role she played, and Paul Dean was homesick one day watching that, and that's how he came up with that idea for Harley Quinn. Yep. It really makes me sad we didn't get like a Paul Dini or Bruce Tim cameo in this at all either. And Harley's got two daddies, and he could have put him in a quick cameo. I like how Zaz just nonchalantly peeks at her phone, completely <laughs> understands that she's gonna like double cross Roman, and he plays it off like I gotta take a I gotta take a leak. <laughs> well, so I just noticed he's got some fresh red like um wounds across his face that i didn't notice before do you think that's after he killed those three people that he just cut their faces off probably the fucking art on the walls in here is so psychotic it just it so fits with him i like yeah. that he just distracts you just from the fact that he's got himself on his pajamas yeah, that too. There's so that. Weird. And then he decides to put the mask on yeah. while he's wearing pajamas of himself. <laughs> ego. So much <laughs> ego, but I love it. I love the kid duct taped to the toilet. <laughs> Terrible. So she's still, even though she turned her in, she's still trying to get the rock out and try to salvage the situation before they show up. Because I think she's feeling guilty already about her decision. I, I kind of theorized she was trying to keep Cassie safe either way. She was going to try to double cross Roman. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that. I like that much better. Isn't Montoya super drunk right now? Yeah, she's so drunk right now. (laughs) Yeah, she's pretty tossed. Wasted. I didn't watch much Gotham. Did we get Montoya and Gotham? I think so. I think there was Montoya on Gotham. I didn't watch Gotham past season two. I couldn't. I, I jumped off after they killed off Paul Rubens. So try season two when I jumped off too. Yeah, I think the only time I ever visited was for the finale. Ah, right in the tit. Right in the You killed my sandwich! <laughs> Perfect. Oh, 
Okay. Suspension of disbelief aside, that should have killed her. Yeah, Yeah. that should have killed her. I was watching the last time, like, dead. Shoot out the window, dead. I love that smile. That smile is just so... mm, Just... Ah. Ugh. Creepy. Sadist. You're still conscious. You can I'm still a good girl. girl. I'm a good girl. In her eyes, she's like, I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> she's I thinking, haven't put like a deleted scene of her laughing her ass off during that part. Oh, here's some more scars. See, and I actually like the subtlety here because this makes more sense than as opposed to having it just be like a a numerical pattern all the way across his body because that just feels a little unrealistic. That feels natural. Mm -hmm. Naturally sadistic, I should say. I love that he sees the bottle of prune juice and he's like, oh, I know where the rock is. (laughs) This is interesting that he's telling Black Canary to cut her open. When we all know he's the one who loves to cut people open, I'm surprised he didn't just go ahead and do it. Yeah. See, this is actually where he screws up. He tries to pull one up on her and calls her, you mm-hmm. know, filthy fucking rat, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, you could have just stayed until Roman came, then did your business, mm-hmm. man. But you fucked up. Always gets it in the monologuing. That's where they always go down. That's exactly, Victoria, you're right. <laughs> when they start monologuing is where they fuck mm-hmm. up. monologuing it just reminds me of the the conversation in the Incredibles and and then he started monologuing yes I love that (laughs) 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 all of her arm works (laughs) until everything starts working she's not she's there's a Lazarus pit down there. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> and now all of a sudden she's not drunk? All right. I'm yeah. telling you, there's a Lazarus pit down there. <laughs> uh, well, I guess in her defense, a good two, three-story fall would sober you up pretty quick, I think. Fair. Yeah. You put that stupid ass rock in the crotch. Fuck stick. I think this will start. This will start where uh, the Huntress really starts to shine. I really love the Huntress in this this upcoming segment here, which makes me wish that we had more of her in the film.
I love this. Uh, this guy's dead, so I'm out. Bye. <laughs> I love how she's wrong. You work for Sionis. It's like, okay, you might have had a little too much to drink there. Yeah, just <laughs> stop with the accusations. You're right about Harley Quinn. You know fuck all about the Huntress, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> she gets so mad and the crossbow kill <laughs> For fuck's sake. They call me Helena Bertinelli. (laughs) (laughs) Childhood trauma right there. I heard your monologue. She's going through her kill list with her cartoon drawing as a kid. Because that's what every kid dreams of is their kill list. I had names in a journal. (laughs) Did they get any red red crayons across any of them? I write them on the wall like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison. That's not bad. It's not a bad way of doing it. <laughs> God, I love that outfit. So damn good. Is it still the pinstripe suit? I couldn't see. No, he's in a red blazer. Oh, a black in his traditional black mask. I love that here she actually looks like a little girl for a minute. She sees them all and tears up, and they're like, they're all after me. She hasn't been really scared so far until about then. Yeah, she really shows that she's, you know, she's she, she may have that, that, you know, she's a pickpocket, she's a whatever, but she's still a vulnerable little girl. Mm-hmm. Aww. And then we get a quick smile on Huntress's face when Harley calls her out for killing uh, Zaz. I love this. We need some serious hardware. What about this? Uh, Uh, Nothing. There's nothing there. (laughs) There's outlines of a great arsenal. That slimy kid nozzle. At least he packed all of her stuff up for <laughs> It's almost thoughtful. Only the good well, the Joker's not the, the Joker's not that slimy of a jizz nozzle. <laughs> Still pretty slimy jizz nozzle, but 
I was going to say he still lives, so. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. Just slightly less slimy. <laughs> A fraction less slimy. <laughs> I love that mask. I'm telling you, man, that mask is the shit. Mm. Ha! She grabs grenades. That's cool. Oh, there we go. Montoya gets some brass knuckles. Oh, and the daddy's little... Suicide Squad reference. Yeah. Isn't this fun? It's like a sleepover. <laughs> You and Melissa should have had Cosmos, not Margaritas. Oh. I'm ready for round two. <laughs> I don't have righteous shoes. Psychologically speaking, vengeance really brings the catharsis we hope for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it lasts for five minutes, though. <laughs> oh, she has her little hammer. See, this is proof that women can get shit, you know, take care of themselves in five minutes and be ready to go. I, I don't understand why they take long, long times to get ready. Oh. <laughs> it's a woman's prerogative. <laughs> I can be ready in less than five minutes. So, okay. I, I will happily eat some crow then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't someone well, put her leg going down that slide? They actually think I think there was some blood spatter on on the camera too. Was it was it one of the actresses or was it one a stunt double that broke their leg? I thought someone did. I think someone did break a leg during this sequence. Yeah. I don't recall. I don't remember who though. I don't remember either, but I remember hearing something like that. Yeah. Oh right, Barracuda plays by Joan Jett. I know it's a heart. Heart. Oh, heart! Wow, fuck me! I'm just awesome. <laughs> probably, my, probably my favorite. Uh, this is probably my favorite uh, song to play during this film. This is a uh, Barracuda. But Joan Jett is early in the film with uh, "I Hate Myself for Loving You." Oh, that's. I love cool. the trampoline in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. <laughs> I like that she actually got her hammer. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And it's so fitting because they're in the middle of a carnival, so of course there'd be a hammer there. Right. Well, we got to see a briefly in Suicide Squad when she pulled out of her trunk. Right, but she never used uh, it. Yeah. Wow. The late, great Chad Gaspard. I love that all these guys just brought masks to to this fight, you know? They had time to put their masks on. <laughs> now, I was actually kind of amazed that a pro wrestler Shad Gaspard was in this movie. Uh, pro wrestler from Crime Time from WWE back in the day who re- passed away last year when he drowned trying to save his son. Oh. He's the guy that gets hit in, he gets hit in the nuts with uh, Harley's mallet. Mm. Oh. Coming, uh, uh, he 
he was like one of the, his him and Stecky were on a kick tag team, but they were still fun to watch. Hmm. It's cool. Once he left WWE, he became like a stunt coordinator for like this and Black Panther. Hmm. Very cool. I love that they're all like kind of trying to protect Cassandra and tell her to go here and go hide. She's not one to go sit and hide. She wants to kick ass too. She's done with that being scared little girl thing. I do like the segment here and they're passing her back and forth. Take each taking a turn protecting her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. When does she put on the roller skates? I think Back I missed forth. it because they're on now. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a missing sequence there where they're off and they're on. Because if you've ever worn roller skates, you cannot just throw them bitches on and roll. It takes right. like ten minutes to lace them up super tight, or you're gonna fall on your face. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why they throw the joke and when the fuck does she have time for a shoe change? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's a oh. shed gas. Yeah, yeah. That yep. guy just got it in the nuts? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, him. He just passed away just last year. I think it was out in, like, San Francisco area, I think. Oh. That's so sad. Oh, we're already talking about tacos. They're ready to go eat. Nope, not yet. Huh. I like how Roman Sona shot the cop. He shot Montoya first. He was like, I'm going to take out the one that can do the most damage to my to my world. Smart. Well, I got to admit. Sexy and bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that, too. <laughs> <laughs> You can't let them get away with her. I trust you. Even though, like, 30 minutes ago, I was ready to whoop your ass and take you to jail. Okay, Montoya. Got it. She's not drunk anymore. She's sobered up. Fair. God, I love that crossbow. Uh-oh. It's not a bow and arrow. She's not fucking 12. Black Canary's ready. Yes. Just wow. yes. That is All the so yes. amazing. Just yes. And then Harley's yes. gonna ride them sonic waves. And it looks like a giant God, Give give her a series, please, on HBO Max. Give Black Canary a series. Yeah. Give her that a series. Awesome. Love a God. That would be awesome. This this scene with the roller skates is so insane, but I absolutely love it. It's just crazy Harley. Just grabbing on everything, rolling through. Those wheels probably would have flew off and melted, but it's so awesome to watch. Wow, even her helmet's kind of Batman-esque. That's kind of funny. 
<laughs> Huntress's helmet? Yeah, it is a little bit, isn't it? I didn't really notice that before until now. Oh, yeah, me neither. Well, her, her costume has uh she has a mask with like horns on it in a way, doesn't she, Philip? In the comics, traditionally, yeah, she usually yeah. has uh, a mask and a horn piece cowl. It's kind of, she's got a kind of an intricate costume in the comics that a lot of people, for whatever reason, really wanted to be present. Um, I think sometimes when it comes to costumes, the Huntress specifically, um, alterations and changes are, you know, I, I personally, again, I just think they should be more welcomed as opposed to just, you know, this needs to be like the comic. And it's like, no, not really, but fucking whatever. Um, you know, by the end of the movie, she does get like a more, you know, traditional ish suit that's closer to the comics. But uh, again, I, I don't, after so, so many years of seeing so many different comic movies at this point for me, I just don't give a fuck anymore. I really don't. Just <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's nice when they look like, you know, they're from the comic. Sure. But, but at this point, like, just tell me a fucking good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winsett, she's a great actress. And even just phenomenal in her own right. And I thought she's just really great in this movie. But I see Jared's point, absolutely, of her being underutilized and underserved in, in certain respects. Um, so I, I think it, it is just kind of a bummer that this movie came out at the tail end of, you know, not the tail end, but like, you know, the, the very beginning of the pandemic era of filmmaking or, you know, film and shit and it's like this movie could have done a lot better at that pandemic not started in my opinion and we'd probably be seeing a lot more of these characters yeah for sure go go back go back back to the point of the comic accurate accurate comics I mean would I complain if I saw uh, Journey Smollett Bell and Fishnets and a leather jacket kicking me dress I would not complain at all but I love these fights in this film I think at the very end, don't they show where there's the three of them together and they're all fishnetted up, I think. No, so Huntress is in like a more traditional suit, but she doesn't have like the the funky earpiece. Um, Black Canary is actually in uh, a piece that's I think from the, the 80s or the 90s where it's a blue suit with a black top. And Montoya, I think, is just in, you know, regular ass cop garb, detective garb. My cat just turned my Xbox on. <laughs> Game time, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy, let's play Bioshock 2. <laughs> so if this is the east end, this has got to be the docks or the tail end of Amusement Mile, I'd imagine, right? They couldn't have gotten too far from Amusement Mile. Yeah. You gotta figure there's gotta be a Wayne statue in this lineup somewhere. Oh, more than likely. Yeah. And um, probably an Amadeus Arkham statue too. Oh. Would that be like the founder of Arkham Asylum? Yep. Amadeus Arkham is oh. one of the first. Was one of the first doctors, wasn't he? Right. He was one of the first doctors, and then the second Black Mask, I think. Oh. Very cool. 
yeah, ironically enough, in the comics, after Batman, you know, seemingly perishes in Final Crisis, there's a story called uh, Battle for the Cowl. And in that story, Gotham City is just a straight hellscape. Everyone is going bonkers because everyone thinks Batman's dead. And Amadeus Arkham takes it upon himself to uh, don the identity of the Black Mask. And I think he, like, takes over Arkham Asylum, something like that. I might be misremembering some some ideas there, but wow. I know what I remember. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love this. Ew. <laughs> We're apologizing for shit. <laughs> you slippery fingled little turd. Come back. <laughs> Doop. <laughs> <laughs> There are oh, everywhere. Oh, man. Oh, man. I remember watching the theater be like, holy shit. <laughs> I remember so just getting out the biggest sigh like, oh, damn, he's dead. <laughs> I remember being very sad, but at the same time, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that, that was me, too. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, sad because... This is like the end of seeing him, right? So I was like, aww. <laughs> I would admire the grenade, him getting the grenade out and the explosion fusing the mask to his face, but mm-hmm. I don't mind the intro. I don't, I don't mind the how we lose him. Like it's, yeah. it's cool. Like, but I'd love to see that mask fuse to his face and have him stick around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see that more of that. I'd love to see him come back, but. Obviously. Would have been cool if they just had it float to the surface of the water and just waited. With his head still in it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But he, did, he wasn't even wearing the mask when he got blown up, so. <laughs> and we're back to margaritas. But I love that she hardly brings it out and asks the kid, you drink, right? <laughs> She's a kid, of course she does. They got to be drinking margaritas at at least eight o'clock in the morning, eating Mexican food and drinking margaritas at like eight o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Five o'clock somewhere. (laughs) Have fun with that. (laughs) This is great where you can see how totally awkward Huntress is. She does not know how to people. She was raised... By assassins, she does not know how to people. <laughs> One of my favorite parts has to be when she starts laughing when the car gets stolen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she really doesn't know how to people. She's got my fucking car! <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I'm a dick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where the fuck did you get the time to cut your hair, get a completely different out... You know what? Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this. When they're leaving the the police precinct and she's slamming some alcohol at her desk. (laughs) 
<laughs> there we go. Oh, there's some fishnets on her arm. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I yeah. didn't catch that the first time. Holy shit. What? I thought what it was a black suit. You're right. I don't see any fishnets on Huntress. No. No. Just on Black Canary. Nice. Huntress got some glasses going on there. Is that anything close to her? Yeah, that's that's probably the closest they were going to get. Okay. It's almost taken the it shape. It's a real business card like. now. It's not a glitter handwritten one. Badass motherfucker. I love it. And Bruce is back. <laughs> and egg sandwiches. And they found Bruce. <laughs> That is so great. They both sniff their sandwiches and ride off in the sunset. Still midday. <laughs> There's Beaver. There she is. Somehow she survived the apartment blowing up and her candy necklace as well. Well, she brought the Beaver out with her before when they were out to meet Doc. I think it was in the phone booth with her, actually. <laughs> and there you have it. Woo! Directed by Kathy Yan. A beautiful, beautiful direction. Christina and Christina Hodson, written by. Produced by my future wife, Margot. I, <laughs> I do wish. I do wish. Oh, those are names I didn't want to see. Back to the dreaming. Yeah. So I don't remember the post-credit scene, but I heard a little something about the post-credit scene. Not even really a post-credit scene. It's more like well, a, I, I, it's just a statement, right? But they cut it off. Yeah. yeah. I got a joke. I got a joke for it. I'll talk about it after we do our outro here. I got a joke planned out for <laughs> it. <laughs> so, uh, our newly added guest, Philip. What are your overall thoughts and opinions on uh, Birds of Prey, Philip? definitely a more fun movie than people give it credit for. I mean, it's a it's R-rated, but it's a harmless R-rated movie. I mean, people want to try and chalk this up. Oh, it shouldn't have been R-rated. You could have done this to and I'm just like, all right, whatever. But it's a fun movie. You know, I, I find it very fun. I mean, if you're going to do these characters in a very serious, mature way and try and be as you know faithful as possible, I don't think you could have done anything else without the R-rating. So even doing... Roman Sionis, the way he did, with the way the way Ewan McGregor was portraying the character, doing Christmas Anya as Victor Zaz, doing Harley Quinn, and for God's sakes, having Renee Montoya being a drunkard half the time. Like, <laughs> you, you can't do shit like that in a PG-13 movie. You're too restricted. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I guarantee you, in the Suicide Squad, I would be genuinely surprised if James Gunn did a nod to this in any way, shape, or form, but I I don't have much stock into that feeling. I'd be surprised if it happened, but I just don't see it happening because there wasn't too many through line like there was a few fun nods here to Suicide Squad. The continuity was there, obviously. The first movie, but going into the second movie, I don't know. Because this movie ends in such a way I don't know how you begin that movie by not elaborating on how you end this movie. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious. I think overall, though, Birds of Prey is probably the funnest Harley Quinn movie of the Harley Quinn movies that we're getting. Or have gotten, I should say. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
Uh, Victoria, your thoughts and opinions on uh, Birds of Prey? I I absolutely love it. I so I get I I have the estrogen effect. If you have a uterus, this like as a little girl watching all these superhero movies, I always loved them. But the girls had like this big of a part, and they were just around to look pretty and stuff. So I love that it's all about girls kicking ass. And I understand that it didn't get the best reviews because of that. But for this girl. I loved it. It was everything that I wanted to see as a kid. And it, it was so funny that, but I think part of the language, you know, it had to be rated R even just for the language because Harley just wouldn't have been as fun without all her F-bombs and, and everything else. And the, the bloody body parts and I, I loved it. It's This is my, so I, I'm totally not with the mainstream, but this is my favorite DC movie because it's, because it's so funny and it's so chaotic and it's so nuts that I just, I love that it's so off the wall, batshit crazy. And it's just fantastic for me. It's my favorite. Hmm. Strong words. I think I'd probably say the cocaine has more to do with it too than <laughs> all the F-bombs too. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> Yeah. Probably can get away with cocaine in a PG-13 movie as well. Probably not. <laughs> uh, Melissa, your thoughts? Uh, I really, I really think you know this movie is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, and um, you know, I, I really love when you know you have female characters who are just being badass and kicking butt. And yeah, the the only thing. Like, it, it, I mean, it's a really minor thing, is that I wish you could have seen a little bit more from the group. Um, not so much sort of waiting to the end, but I understand, like, you're telling the story and and yeah. everything like that. So I, I totally get it. It's not really much of a complaint, but it's just a, it's more of a wish, really, because that would have been really, you know, made the film even more bonkers than it is. But <laughs> But, yeah, I really enjoy it, and, you know... I wasn't really, in, like, I didn't really have very many characters that I got into that were female. Like, it was more, even, I mean, now that I've gotten more into, like, superheroes and stuff, it's more like your male ones, like your, your Batman, Superman, like, you know, my favorite villain being Joker and all that kind of stuff. And so now being introduced to these, like, badass female characters like Harley Quinn and, and like, Wonder Woman and all that stuff... I, I love these characters. Like, it's, you know, um, I've come to really, really love them. And I, I freaking adore Harley Quinn. Like, she's just so <laughs> bonkers and fun. And just, I adore her and <laughs> just everything about her. So, yeah, I, I really love this movie. I'm called a queen's sleep across the board. I love this film. It's like, Phillips, it's such a fun movie to watch, much like how, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy films, like they're such film, fun films mm-hmm. to watch too. In the, in the, on the other side of the pond, mm-hmm. um, this one, much like Suicide Squad, it's so fun to watch. And I, I really hope we do get a nod, even just like it. I want a nod to Bruce, at least a hyena in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> cool. At least, at least have a wear the dog tag necklace. That would be awesome. Like make it, make it. Hey, Bruce. Just, just, just have Amanda Waller just say something effective. Damn, I owe Montoya big time for giving me your location or some such shit like that. I don't know. I have no idea. 
Uh, I'll co-sign that. I I just really hope that, you know, there's some connectivity between Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad, because the way it sounded, like, you know, it didn't really sound like there was when both productions, one was wrapping and then one was about to begin. It did not sound like that there was too much connectivity there, Mm -hmm. but I I, I have no idea. We'll see. Mm. Mm, Yeah, you never know. Might be something. I would hope so, but we'll mm-hmm. see. It'd be nice. Well, if, uh, in a film that has both has Margot Robbie's Harley in both of them, you can't not have a connection somewhere, small or large. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Gunn talks all this game like Warner let him do all this and do everything, and it's like, bud, you have Harley Quinn in your movie. You were told to do some stuff, okay? Like, yeah. We we get it. Like, you had full, complete reign to do your movie the way you wanted to, but do not sit here and act like you were not told notes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not completely free with your, your creativity and everything like that. You, you have to have... There's some nudging in there. I mean, I'm sure that Warner probably said, oh, yeah, you could do Suicide Squad. Kill them all. Except Harley Quinn. Yeah. I will not, and I would not be surprised if Harley Quinn is the last one standing in that movie. Oh, well, And if she dies, props to him for killing her. But yeah. if she doesn't die, I won't be surprised. Mm. I think she's so beloved now. It would be really hard to kill her off. Right. It would be probably in his best interest not to. Uh-huh. Because of how yeah. popular she is. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that he's got so many, like, deep cut villains in this film. I'd be surprised they're not making it out alive. Who the hell heard of rat catcher before this film even came out? Who, who heard of, uh, uh, what's John Cena playing? Uh, peacemaker. I did not. I heard peacemaker. rat catcher. I knew who rat catcher was before I knew who peacemaker was. I so never I've heard of Weasel new, before this came out. There's a new suicide squad, um, series out that I just picked up and started and he's in there. And he's yes. dipped it. <laughs> but that's that's where I started, so. I think of the Suicide... I've mentioned this before somewhere, but, like, of the Suicide Squad, the only characters that really intrigue me are Bloodsport, King Shark. That's about it. I like the Croc. I thought the Croc was pretty awesome. Killer Croc was pretty cool. Oh, um, yeah. first, Killer Croc, Killer Croc. I thought yeah. he was pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm, I, I was talking to my friend Jasmine the other day. She sent me a photo, a copy of the poster. She goes, you hear about this? I go, yeah, I did. I go, did you know that Sylvester Stallone is the voice of King Shark? And she did not know that at all. Like, I'm very intrigued to see the kind of approach that we have with Stallone playing King Shark. Uh-huh. I'm so glad he's voicing King Shark. That's cool. He brought a lot of his uh, buddies over from uh, Suicide Squad. Or he brought a lot of his buddies over from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy for this film, too. Michael Rooker. Yeah, he brought his brother over to play yep. Weasel. John Gunn's playing Weasel. Well, Steve Agee, uh, Steve Agee who was one of the Ravagers, yep. he was he was the motion capture for uh, King, Shark. King Shark. He's also John Autonomous in the movie. Like the oh, doctor cool. or whatever, and he's like one of the assistants or some such shit. His girlfriend is also Amanda Waller's assistant in this movie, Jennifer Holland. Hi. Oh, nice. 
Is that still said, on August or have they pushed that back? No, it's, uh, it's for sure coming in August. Okay. If, first week of August. That is like the one DC movie that did not get affected by COVID-19. Like, they wrapped shooting as COVID-19 started. Mm-hmm. They were in post throughout the majority of COVID-19. And then Warner was like, oh, hey, day and date release, starting with Wonder Woman 1984. And then everyone was just like... <laughs> Then they pushed back the Batman Black Adam. They didn't push back Aquaman. They pushed back the Flash. They pushed back Shazam. But Aquaman and the the Suicide Squad are the two movies that have not changed on production. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Well, are movie theaters open in Canada? They're not, are they? No. No. I saw today you can't even get your hair cut, so. Not till... Uh, apparently July 2nd at this point. Wow. Yeah, it's been, yeah, they've been open and closed and everything, like, for, like, 10 seconds, basically, (laughs) what it feels like anyway, and finally, after, I don't know how many months, they're finally, yeah, they're the phase two of their plan, and Uh I think that's when movie theaters are going to be reopening as well, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you for that, at least. <laughs> you going to try and see Black Widow as your first outing back to the theater? No. No? <laughs> no? You don't want to see that in a the theater? I'm not really uh, interested in seeing it. Like, eh. sure. I, um, I saw the trailer. I did watch it a couple times because I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and give this, this what uh-huh. I'm seeing a chance. And... Uh, nah, I'll pick something else. <laughs> they have released so many trailers and so much about it. I'll still go see it in the theater because I I do love Marvel, so I'll still go see it. But I'm not that excited about it either. I have a really hard time mustering up any excitement for that movie, knowing full well it was supposed to come out a year ago, but also yeah. besides the fact that yeah. this character has been here since phase one and it took until mm-hmm. phase four and after her death to give her her own movie yeah. and yeah i know for all the nerds who are about to cry well you know i Perlmutter, he was in charge and it's like yeah i get it <laughs> thanks we know oh man just we just lost our we just, we just lost our belgium listener <laughs> that whole one <laughs> oh. I just don't think Black Widow is that fascinating. That's one thing I love, at least in DC, that they do a better job with their female characters than they do in Marvel. In Marvel, it's just so lame. They're a bit flaky. Yeah. They're really flaky. Like, I really, I don't connect with Black Widow whatsoever. Like, no. Until, I have to say, until Wanda. WandaVision, and she has kind of helped the female aspect a little bit, but... Not too big a Wanda fan. Mm. No. <laughs> That's alright. That's alright. Well, I I gave it a six episode chance. Uh huh. And oh, wow. it didn't sell me. <laughs> but that, that's an, oh no, story for a rainy day. <laughs> Another day. Yep. The first two episodes, I was like, I don't get it, and this is. Boring, but then I got hooked after that. That's me. It was slow going in the beginning. 
Yeah, which, I mean, it's fine. Like, it's sort of, you're getting to know characters and environment and things and what the hell is going on because it's a little bit like, what am I watching? Uh, <laughs> but I, I get it, and that's fine, but not my cup of tea. But can't I like it. I feel like for WandaVision, there was a lot, and I'm not saying you guys are part of this, but I, I did see a lot of, like, overreaction to things that they kind of expected to happen, but were never a guarantee to begin with. Yeah. Like Mephisto, for example, and people just, like, ran so wild with these theories that were never, ever in any capacity, like, hard confirmed. And it's just like, man, WandaVision just kind of suck because Mephisto wasn't in it. It's just like that—that's your takeaway from this, right? Okay. <laughs> not you, not you, Victoria, not you, wow. Melissa. I know, but like you know, that, that's the shit I've seen. It's just like, my yeah. God, come on. Like Paul Bettany, you know, whiffs it on an interview and says, "Oh, I had the best work with the best actor," even though he was talking about himself. Because of course, but like, <laughs> like, come on, guys, this is entertainment. Let mm. it be. Just let it consume you when it drops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Someone's always going to get their panties in a bunch over something. Oh, yeah. Every time. It's true. The littlest thing. Like, I love, I really love Loki. And I've, I've, had, I've seen a lot of people just be like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's And I'm just like, all right. You do you. I'm gonna do me. I like Loki. Mhm. Loki is fun. Although I've only I haven't seen the second one yet because it's been a crazy busy week. But uh, so I've been trying to be careful about what I consume so I don't spoil episode two. But I am super stoked. Maybe tonight. I was hoping I might make it still tonight. We'll see. Was it was it disappointing there, lock and key? No, good. I can't wait. This kid of mine, she's playing softball and she's busy and, you know, that messes with life. I can't watch TV if I'm at softball. But, you know, being a supportive parent and all, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> being a supportive parent, I'm super villain television any day of the week. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, I say that is not a parent. <laughs> I watched, uh, yeah, Cyborg, what happens when uh, his dad doesn't show up, you know, it, it kind of hits the kids a little hard, so, you know. Makes doesn't you, it? Makes you it think. does. It does. Well, Jared, that was a really fun commentary. It was. I'm glad you just happened to be in the neighborhood for this. <laughs> Only like 2,000 miles away, no big deal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Short notice. Uh, I we should probably bring it on home here. I think so. So, uh, Philip, where can I guess keep up with you? Why am I always first? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If y'all want to follow me along and listen to episode 97 of Mixed Bag, where myself and Mr. Jared Boots over here talked about a whole mixed bag of shit, or also listen to episode 98, which is a Batman 1989 commentary of superhero stress. You can find that anywhere on, you know, any podcast catcher. Also find The Magic of Movies, uh, 
going to try and get another episode of that out here pretty shortly. And then I have another podcast that I'm not quite ready to start talking about yet, but very, very soon I will be. And if y'all want to follow me along, follow me along on Twitter, Instagram, and Vero, just at unfiltered. And if you pay close enough attention on Twitter, my name on Twitter is Mephilsto. <laughs> nice. And, and I'll spot the name of uh, Phil's third podcast is The Magic of Eva Green. i love the head shake (laughs) he knows he he knows he loves jessica chastain but his his true love is eva green he knows it (laughs) my favorite podcast is the jessica chastain nation podcast (laughs) the chast nation podcast Chest nation, not I can't even fucking four words right now. God damn it. <laughs> this is what Moderna 2 does to me, makes me jumble fuck my words. <laughs> so, Victoria, have I willed your podcast into existence yet? You have. We we haven't started recording yet, but we have equipment, we have gear, we have a name, and the first. 20-ish episodes planned, but hopefully in a month or two, we'll be getting to actually recording. So it's going to be called the Podcast of Witchcraft and Wizardry, and it's going to be almost all Harry Potter, um, me and my daughter. She's It's just going to be her making fun of me, which is our normal day in the life. She's very cool. I am not, and, and she loves to point that out all the time. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a daughter's job. she does it so well I also love making her cringe any moment that I can can call her out make her roll her eyes and be embarrassed I am that mom I love it I live for it that is every day that I'm able to do that is like a gold star in my calendar (laughs) (laughs) nice Mm -hmm. lucky kid huh (laughs) (laughs) So, Melissa, we're kicking off our third year of talking about this nerdy nonsense. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> we made it through our terrible twos. <laughs> Is Jared potty trained yet? What? Is Jared potty trained yet? Or are you still working on that? She's working on that. That's the two issues that we're working on, too. <laughs> 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 oh, love it. Oh, the worst part is just having some damn privacy with two cats. <laughs> <laughs> there is none. I can't even get enough privacy with one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Melissa, we're kicking off our third year so of talking about all this with our nerdy friends, and I'm loving every minute of it so far. Me too. Absolutely. And like like Harley, my best idea is going to be when I because I drunk texted you one night three two years ago in the middle of March. Hey, we should start a podcast. <laughs> and that was the best decision in life I ever made. Yay! That's all. <laughs> the only time in my life I semi regretted drinking Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> I've had Fireball one time. Same. One time. 
<laughs> and you learned your lesson. <laughs> I didn't even learn my lesson. I just thought it was fucking terrible and decided to never drink that shit again. <laughs> uh, I told Victoria she's part of our tug family. She needs to learn to get used to it. <laughs> oh. I'm my not a fan future, of it, but... Yeah, my future brother-in-law, is he's on the tug team, and that's what got me involved, and that is his drink of choice. So I've had a few samples, but uh, that's about it for me. <laughs> but, uh, Melissa, what's your favorite whiskey, and where can the people keep up with you? My favorite whiskey? <laughs> oh, my. it's actually my favorite whiskey is called Forty Creek. And it's a Canadian whiskey that I really, really love. I love it a lot better than Crown Royal. Um, yeah. So it's it's one that I can I can have on the rocks and really enjoy. So yeah, that's my that's my favorite. Um, and they can find me on uh, Instagram at Miss Melissa N25. You can also if you um, are interested in like drawing art, all that kind of stuff. I do kind of dabble in it. I'm not very good, but I post my shit anyway. Uh, you can find it at Scrolls of a Wannabe Drawer on Instagram, and now you can also find it on Twitter at Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. And where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. Uh, you can find pictures of my cats and my beard on there. And uh, <laughs> Since Melissa really didn't ask, my favorite whiskey is number nine, which is the Slipknot whiskey made here in Iowa. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it goes great with apple cider. I drank a half a bottle of it on New Year's Eve this past year and didn't have a single hangover. Admirable. Slipknot, I've never heard of that one. That's called number nine because there's nine members of Slipknot. How cool. My favorite is also an Iowa one from Cody Road in LeClaire, which is where we do our, our tug team and have a bourbon whiskey that's just beautiful. Nice. And I, right now, I was like, I wish they'd go back to talk about what Harry Potter house they belong, what Hogwarts house they belong to. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get into what's your Patronus. So. You know, that'll be next. Does anyone know what theirs is? A I weasel. have no idea. Mine's a there's, weasel. You can take a quiz on the Wizarding World. Um, there's a website and the app, and it will help you. You answer all these questions and tell you what yours is. Um, oh, mine to. is a dapple gray stallion. I'm a stallion, y'all. <laughs> Wow, stallions! As if you didn't know. <laughs> All she needs is Eddie Van Halen, and she'll make it big. <laughs> My hair kind of, I got the hair going. The, the humidity just makes it bigger and frizzier, so I got the hair down. Uh, on that note, and it's a podcast as a whole, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram <laughs> at United Nations Podcast. Also, where can they find our show if they want to keep going? <laughs> if, they, if, 
they want to listen to us as a podcast, you can find us on our home at Podbean and also on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And uh, on this being June 25th, the anniversary of our first episode dropping, I want to thank everybody, including Philip and Victoria, who have helped us along this journey. And I hope everybody who has been part of the show in the past continues to be a part of the show, including you two and those who have contributed, like our friends Andy and Zachy and Ken Bagu, who haven't been on the show properly yet. We'll, we hope to work with you guys in the future, and we hope to con- we hope to keep you guys in our podcasting family for as long as we keep the wheels rolling on this little show. So thank you, everybody, who's been part of this show so far. And I'm out of beer, but I also have to give a cheers right now to here's to your number three. <laughs> oh, my invisible beer. Three, <laughs> many, many more. This has been the best and most fun two years ever. So I, I'd love it to continue. That's awesome. Congrats, you guys. I love listening in, obviously. Number one fan of all. Congratulations. Thank you, everybody. We wouldn't we wouldn't be here without you guys. Well, uh, for Melissa, I'm Jared. And you have listened to our second ever commentary track. And stay tuned because we got another one coming later this summer. So thank you, Philip. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, buddy. Of course. So, uh, guys, it's still scary out there. And the way we can get through this together is to be excellent to each other. Nerd on, dude. Thanks for listening. Oh, you guys are still hanging around? Because we didn't talk about the post-credit scene, eh? Well, here it goes. The post-credit scene is... The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone.